Well, hey, welcome back to the Oasis Church Podcast. We're glad you're with us today. Hey, we're always inspired to hear how God is using this ministry from right here in Winchester, Virginia to change lives all around the world. And if you have a story to share, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at amen at myoasischurch.org. Now, if you'd like to support this ministry financially so that we can continue to bring messages just like this one to you each and every single week, you can do so at myoasischurch.org slash give. Thank you so much for your generosity. You're truly making a difference. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God. Anybody excited to be in church this morning? Hey, there we go. Hey, uh, a couple of a quick announcements. Today, um, Belong is happening uh, after service. It'll be at 1 p.m. Uh, so if you're new to Oasis Church or maybe you've never attended uh, one of our newcomer classes, Belong is your next step here at Oasis. We'd love to tell you more about who we are as a church, share our mission and vision with you, and uh, show you ways that you can get involved if you're interested and, and just share a little bit more about our hearts for this ministry. You can stop by the Next Steps area on your way out and talk to pastors. Dwayne. Um, also, if you are a volunteer at Oasis Church, can we have a round of applause for any volunteers at the church? Come on, make it, make it loud. The, the dream team is what makes it happen here. On November 20th, there's going to be a dream team party. So uh, you're going to want to mark that date down and uh, more information will be coming to you directly for that. And then the last announcement is in December, December 4th and 11th, I'll be doing a, a vision series for our church, telling you more about what's coming up for our church, the, the year ahead, 2023, and uh, just share with what God has given. If uh, How many of you were here last year um, at the end of the year? Raise of hands, anybody? Uh, there we go. Uh, if you remember, we... We selected a year, a word for, for 2022. We'll do that same thing uh, December 11th. We'll select a word for our families, for ourselves, individuals, and then also have a word for our, our church for 2023 that I'll share then. And I even heard there'll be some merch dropping uh, with the word on it. Pastor John Holland. Hey, come on. Give it up for John Holland with all these cool designs. Doesn't he do awesome? I'm not the best model, <laughs> but they don't put me on the website. But um, <laughs> um uh, yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, you definitely got to get some some merch if you haven't got some merch. Last week we started a, a brand new series called Jesus Is. Jesus Is, and we learned that Jesus is our firm foundation. We learned that we just can't merely hear what Jesus tells us. We got to do what Jesus tells us, and we're living in a crazy time, a crazy space in history, aren't we? Um, things are, are just kind of crazy. It's a tense time in history. It's a time where you can read three different uh, news channels and get three different completely different realities. It's hard to know what's, what's true or false. It's, it's hard to know um, with so, so much information, it just causes a lot of confusion. And, and in times like these, I believe that it's super important um, as a church that we speak what is truth. Um, we, we declare what's truth and and defeat the lies that that have been spoken over our Christianity over our churches over over our, um, uh, our faith and um, it's important to know this morning if you're taking notes today I want to talk to you about the subject Jesus is love Jesus is love look at your neighbor and say Jesus is love 
Uh, raise your hand if you're married or in, in a relationship um, of some kind. Uh, uh, of some kind. I don't know. You're either married or you're in a relationship. There's no other kind. Uh, maybe you're single. That's okay. Um, this is this will be good for you to understand. Um, uh, there there was this time when uh, Marjorie uh, was having surgery. Marjorie is my wife, and uh, she uh, and I were just dating at this point, and. Um, we uh, were probably dating for about a month, and she had to have surgery to take her appendix out, and or her gallbladder out, actually. And um, uh, I was the, the, you know, the awesome boyfriend that was going to be there for her, be at the hospital for her, which was super weird around her, her family, because like, the, the new boyfriend is at the hospital in the waiting room, you know. They come out, they're not talking to me, you know. Um, but uh, I remember... Um, I actually drove her home that day, and uh, she was in the car. It was just her and I. We'd only been dating for about a month, and uh, she was um, very relaxed on some great medication, and she looked over at me uh, with this weird stare, and she just said, I love you so much. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> uh, we haven't used this word yet. Um, I was like, we've only been dating a month. I don't know if I'm comfortable with saying I love you. And she's like, you're the best. I love you so much. And, um, and uh, I, I didn't know what to say. Uh, then there was a, a serious moment that came uh, when she was not on pain medicine where we had a, a defining the relationship moment, a DTR moment, a, a moment where we had to define what was really going on here. Are we, are we boyfriend-girlfriend? Are, are, we, are we in love with one another? Uh, we had to have a conversation, and I wanted to take a look at a conversation that that Jesus had. I believe the same is true with our relationship with Jesus. There comes a point where you have to have a define the relationship moment with Jesus, a, a moment where you have a conversation with him to decide what is this relationship going to be. And Jesus is having a conversation with his disciples that, that brought a ton of clarity and confidence in their unclear world. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Luke chapter 9. Verse 18, say amen when you have it. Uh, it'll also be on the screens. And I encourage you to take notes this morning. I said last week, you know, taking notes is a great way to refer back to what we learn on Sundays and uh, to be able to meditate on what God has been speaking to you. Do you have it? Luke chapter 9, say amen. Say hallelujah if you're looking at the screens. <laughs> okay. Luke chapter 9, verse 18. Once. When Jesus was praying in private and his disciples were with him, he asked them, who do the crowd say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others that one of the prophets of long ago has come back to life. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Peter answered, God's Messiah. We're seeing a relationship conversation happening between Jesus and his disciples. It's a, a defining the relationship type of conversation in, in these three verses. At, at this point, the disciples had already spent a lot of time with Jesus to really understand what Jesus is asking and why Peter is responding the way he is. We have to go back to the very beginning. In the beginning, God created a perfect world. God created a perfect world, but because of man's disobedience, it became imperfect. So God made a promise that one day that someone will come to crush the lies and to destroy evil, that someone would be the Messiah, the, the Savior of the world. His name is Jesus Christ. He took the full effect of humanity's evil onto himself, dying a gruesome death, and rose from the dead, taking power over evil and defeating 
death, and that same power is available to us today. Amen? I'm so thankful that we serve a loving God. I'm so thankful that in 1 John 3, 1, it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us. Wow. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. Anybody thankful that you're a child of God this morning? That's what we are. This verse is so interesting to me because uh, it causes some issues. The, the, the two different types of people, there, there are two different types of people who read this in two very different ways. Uh, this, just a moment ago, the shouters, right? The ones who clap about that. The ones who are like, yes, I'm a child of God. He loves me. I'm thankful for that. And he shouters here this morning. Come on, give it up for Jesus one more time if that's you, right? Then there's the doubters. The doubters. I don't know if God would love somebody like me. I don't know if God would love somebody like me. And the truth is, if we keep it real and honest this morning, even I as a pastor would ask that same question sometimes, how could God love somebody like me? And I believe that a lot of us Christians actually probably uh, struggle with that same question at some point during our faith journey as well. Why would God love somebody like me? And as we talk about a loving father. Perhaps growing up, you had a great dad. My dad wasn't perfect, but I would consider him to be a great dad. He, he was there for me. He, he worked very hard for our family and, and always, always uh, sacrificed so much so that we, he could provide for us. He, uh, he was there for, for everything. Maybe you had a dad who, who showed up to every game. He, you spent time together fishing. I didn't like fishing, so me and my dad didn't do that. Uh, maybe uh, playing some, some type of game with your dad. Maybe you were just creating memories with your dad, and that's the dad you had growing up. But maybe you're here this morning and you didn't have that type of relationship with your father. Maybe you think of your dad and feelings of pain begin to rush in, feelings of, of hurt begin to overwhelm you. Regardless of how we grew up, we need to acknowledge this one important thing that our earthly relationships affect our relationship with our father. Our earthly relationships can shape and view the view we have of Jesus, our father. And that can cause some issues. We can call it daddy issues. So today I want to talk to anyone who has ever questioned God's love for you. God's love for you. If you've ever wondered how could God love you or if you've ever doubted that God could love you. If you've desperately searched for approval. If you've des desperately searched for, for affirmation or, or acceptance or perhaps you just need to know this morning that somebody is actually there who loves you. This message is for you today. The main scripture for today is going to be in Luke chapter 8. You can turn over to Luke chapter 8. It'll be on the screens as well. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. I want to look at a time where Jesus interacts with a father. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. On the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. The, then a man named Jerry, now I can't say it. Help me, John Holland. Where are you? Jairus. Jairus. What is it? Jairus? Who is that? Jairus, Jairus, Jarrett. <laughs> Whatever you want. Three different. 
I'm going to say Jairus. There we go. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. Here we have a father with the only daughter he has, 12 years old, and she's dying. Dying. Imagine your 12-year-old dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. Here we have another woman who has uh, uh, been suffering uh, for, for 12 years. And she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched a fringe of his robe. Immediately, the bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. Everyone denied it. Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you. But Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. Uh-oh. She's caught. The, the gig is up here. Verse 47, when the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble and fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter. By the way, this is the only moment that Jesus calls somebody daughter in Scripture. Daughter, he said to her, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Let's break it down a little bit. Earthly father here, his daughter is dying and, and does what any good father would do. If my 12-year-old was dying, I would do whatever it takes to make sure that I could help her to, to, to get her healed. Even going to Jesus, Jesus agrees to go with him. He starts to walk with him, but then he stops. That's like, I have five children. That would be like my wife in labor giving birth, and we're on the way to the hospital, and I decide to pull through Chick-fil-A to get a Chick-fil-A sandwich on the way. I, I, I just don't understand it. Like, wait a second, Jesus, uh, my daughter is dying. Like, we don't have time for you to stop right now. Maybe uh, uh, this, this could be a moment uh, where, where one's view of Jesus changed, where his, his view of Jesus changed. And I think this can happen to all of us. Maybe your dad called you a sissy. Maybe it was an absent father in your life. Maybe your mom or maybe a coach, a teacher, or some parental figure of some kind in your family hurt you, said something that disappointed you, disillusioned you, and your view of them began to change. But there's a lie, and then there's the truth of God's word. Amen? Uh, I want to go over some, some, some common lies that uh, I want to debunk this morning. And the first one is God is judgmental. He judges me by my mistakes. The truth is that, that God is actually compassionate, and the Lord is like a father to his children, tender and compassionate to those who fear him. Another lie God is angry. He's just waiting for me to mess up. I used to think when I was a kid that uh, any of you ever have those little um, uh, toy, uh, you know, the mats that you can, like, drive cars, or, like, you move the cars around? I, would, I don't even know what those cars are called. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? I used to think that maybe we're all just, like, down here when I was a kid, that we were just down here, like, little puppet figures that God was moving all around like I did with the little mat. Um, I know it's weird to think about. But, but the truth is that the God is patient. In Exodus 34, 6, it says, The Lord, the Lord is compassionate and a gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. Another lie is that 
that God is hateful. There's no way he can love someone like me. And the truth is that God is full of love, but God showed his greatest love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. My hope is that through scripture today, you'll see and know how loving Jesus really is. Back to our story in Luke chapter 8, there are two daughters. The the 12-year-old is sick, and and she's dying, and there's no control over her situation. She can't get up. She, She can't get to Jesus, but she has a dad who can. Then we have the woman who is suffering for 12 years. She's uh, feeling abandoned, afflicted with disease, a, a cast out, a, a 12 years with no basic human touch. She's unclean. No one to ask Jesus on her behalf at all. Both are dying and both need a miracle. Both need healing. And the truth is that no matter who you are, there are going to be times in our life and where, where people say or do things that hurt us. There are going to be wounds that linger on forever. And the, the truth is that we all need healed from something. And the only one that can heal us is through the love of a father. His name is Jesus. So how do we experience the love of a father? I want to give you three ways this morning. And the first one is he walks with us. He walks with us. Anybody thankful for Jesus walking with you? I could use the, 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 the cheesy uh, the walking in sand poem, but I'm not going to. Jesus walked with the father heading to his house to heal his daughter. Jesus walked with his fa- that daughter's father to his house to heal his daughter. Whatever your situation is, whether you're on the mountaintop or you're in the valley, he walks with you. He says, I'll go with you wherever you are. Scripture says, in fact, in Deuteronomy 31, 8, it says, the Lord himself goes before you and he will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So many people are walking alone. So many people are walking alone. Maybe you get some bad news. And you have nobody to walk with through that. Maybe it's a family member gets sick and you feel all alone. Maybe it's a friend who betrayed you and you just feel lonely. Or you just have nobody to share any type of joy with. You hear great news, exciting news, and there's no one to share it with. So many people walking alone. And to be honest, walking alone, it just sucks. It's it's awful. But when Jesus walks with you, it changes everything. See, there's something special about walking with someone you love. Because if you're going to walk with somebody, it ought to be with somebody you love. Amen? I would, rather not, I, would, I would rather not go through life than with anybody else other than my wife. Because I love my wife, and she loves me. And there's nobody else I'd rather face... Uh, uh, trials and, and tribulations with than, than her. There's something different about walking with somebody that you love. The second point is that he stops for us. He stops for us. Jesus stopped for the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus stopped for the woman with the issue of blood. All the way in Genesis, He worked for six days, and then God stopped, and he called the seventh day the Sabbath day. It means to cease, to to stop, to rest. From creation all the way to today, Jesus 
still stops for you. Jesus still stops for you. If you feel like you're unlovable, he stops for you. If you feel unworthy, he stops for you. If you feel like you failed beyond forgiveness, he stops for you. If you feel unseen, he stops for you. If you feel unknown or overlooked, he stops for you. If you reach out for him, he stops for you. He walks with us and he stops with us. And the third point is he talks to us. Now, I've never heard an audible voice from God myself. Um, maybe you have. I haven't been blessed with that gift yet. Uh, but uh, I've never heard an audible voice from God. But God speaks to us in many of ways. He speaks to us through the word. He speaks to us through worship. He speaks to us through other people sometimes. Sometimes people you didn't want to hear it from, but he speaks to, to you through them anyways. Sometimes he speaks to me through my spouse. I don't always want to hear it, but he does it sometimes. There are hundreds of times referenced in the Bible where God spoke to man. And in this story, he, he talks to the woman. Now, I want you to watch this progression. She goes from being ostracized to being part of the crowd to a daughter. And like I said, it's the only time in Scripture where Jesus calls somebody daughter. Isn't it amazing the lavish love that your father has for you? He labels you his child. But pastor, what about the little girl who was dying? What, what happened to the little girl who was dying? I'm so glad you asked. She actually died. There was a little girl whose father was trying to get Jesus to, to heal, and Jesus was stopped by the woman in the crowd. And the little girl ended up dying. Uh, many times we think that when Jesus is helping others, that he isn't helping us. Many times when we see Jesus blessing other people, we're wondering, where's, where's our blessing? When we see Jesus doing things for other people, when we see Jesus healing other people, we're wondering, but where's my healing? When we see Jesus doing things and we stand in a moment of confusion, I thought God was a loving God. But just when all hope is gone, he speaks to the little girl as well. But he took her by the hand and said, my child, get up. My child, get up. Your situation may appear dead. That little girl got up. He told him to get some food for her. Your situation may feel hopeless. It might be because of an end of a relationship. It might be because of an addiction. It might be because of your finances. You may even feel like Jesus has stopped working on your situation altogether. Maybe you feel like Jesus is just focusing on somebody else. Let me tell you this one simple truth, church, that your heavenly father can handle it all. He can handle it all. His love is big enough. I think of my little girl, Graceland, and she says, Daddy, I love you. I love you so much. And I say, how much do you love me? And she says, like this, Daddy, 
like this, this big, this, this much, this wide. That's how much, that is how much Jesus loves you too. That's how much Jesus loves you too with his hands stretched wide. Well, as he was nailed to a cross and died for you and me and for the sins we haven't even committed yet. Let's recap. A woman and a little girl who both needed the love of a father who, who lived through some incredible struggles and pain. I wonder who here has lived through some struggles and some pain. Who both made a choice to receive and believe that Jesus is loving. He, he walks with you. He, he stops for you. And he talks to you. 1 John 3, 1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. As I close this morning, I just want to talk to two groups of people here this morning. Those of you who are questioning the love of your heavenly Father. You know Christ, you, you would consider yourself a follower of Jesus You've repeated the prayer. You gave your life to Christ. Maybe you're even in a small group, but you feel like he hasn't been with you recently. Maybe you feel like you don't hear him talking to you, or maybe you feel like he's not stopping for you. I want you to know that he didn't leave you where you are. He didn't leave you in your mess. There's still a small voice that says, I love you. You're mine. You're my son. You're my daughter. Maybe you want to sense his love a little deeper for you. Then there are those of us who maybe haven't given our life to Jesus yet. We haven't begun a relationship with Jesus. We haven't had a defining the relationship moment with Jesus yet. John 3.16 says that, for God so loved the world. It's the most overused scripture. But sometimes I think it's just good to be reminded. Sometimes I think it's good just to remind ourselves that for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whosoever believes in him will never die but have eternal life. I believe that some of us just need to say that over our lives this week, that he loves us that much. He loves us that much. That he died for our sins and raised from the dead. Would you stand to your feet? Maybe you're here this morning and, and you've never given your life to Christ. I want to have a defining the relationship moment for you this morning. Maybe you've walked away from Jesus. It's been a while. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you just need to be reminded that Jesus loves you. He loves you. He's not left you. He's never forsaken you. Would you bow your heads? Maybe you're here this morning and you want to have that defining the relationship moment. The Bible says that if you believe in your heart that Jesus really lived, that he died, and that he's the savior of the world, that you shall be saved. You just need to confess that with your mouth. So right now we're going to have a moment where I pray a prayer and you're going to repeat that prayer after me. And for the benefit of those who may be saying this prayer for the very first time, our whole church is going to pray it out loud together. Would you pray this prayer with me, church? Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe that you died and that you rose again. Come into my life. Make me a new creation. Help me follow you 
all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with heads still bowed and eyes still closed, I want to know if you just prayed that prayer for the first time. Will you just slip up your hand and let us know that you prayed that prayer this morning? Amen. Amen. Maybe you just prayed that prayer online. There's a link in the comments below. I would love for you to click that link and our team will follow up with you. Can we celebrate church with anybody who gave their lives to Jesus this morning? Come on, all of heaven's making a resounding noise.